I'm so happy that you're in the house. It's a good place to be, I promise you. I know there's some people, they're actually trapped by their houses. The electricity is off and the gates cannot open. Garage doors are something, I'm not sure. But some people say, please excuse us. But let me tell you, we are free in the house today. And I'm excited to share some word with you. It's going to be fun. So sit back, be you, and just take it in, absorb it. It's not a sermon. We've told you this. This is a teaching moment. It's a moment where we teach the Word of God, and what you do with it will either change your life or you will stay where you're at. And I tell you, it's God's heart's desire that we move forward. It's His desire that His church grows. It's His desire that we expand and use the talents and gifting that is in our lives. That is God's desire, it's that we move forward in His presence. So on this day, I want to just quickly recap. And today is, a part, is, is, is the first part of two, what can I say, topics, if you will. So next week we'll continue. So today I'm throwing half of it your way. It's quite meaty. There's no else buying from Marcy. So we're going we're gonna to divide it and do the other half next week. But take what you can out of this day. But quick recap. We are busy with the book of James, and we explained who James were, and he was this guy that was real life, in your face, he was a spade is a spade, a yes is a yes, and a no is a no, but he did not believe in Jesus as Jesus was his brother, so it was just a normal sibling to him, it wasn't the savior of the world, it was just Jesus in the house, so this James eventually wrote a book that is in your face. It is a book that when you read it, you almost become scared in your life. You almost feel challenged beyond your abilities when you read the book of James. Something in your heart, most of the times, go into a place where, I, I cannot do this. I cannot achieve this. I cannot live in this manner. It's overwhelming. See, it should be that. You see, the book of James was written so that you and I can experience that moment where we almost feel overwhelmed. It means that God is tasting you and sending you and trying you to a place that is not your comfort zone. He's taking you to a place that is uncomfortable because it's unfamiliar. But I tell you, when it's God's move, when God is in the front and it's word-based, it's always better there. It's always a promised land with God. It's always a better day to come. It's always you are the head and not the tail. When it comes to the promises of God, it is for promotion. It is for growth. And like I said, forward motion. Moving forward, not dying. Not being stagnant. Not just sitting in seats. Not just listening and hearing certain things. See, James wrote this book so that it can be in your face. We spoke on James 1, chapter 1, and it was all about being patient in trials. We use the piano as an example. If that is your trial, if that is your mountain, if that is your testing, we are eager to walk around it. But God sends it into our lives to test us and grow us. And James 1 took that into account and said, don't go over it, don't go around it, but go through this. Because through your testing and the trials and the difficult times of your lives, God will grow you and He's going to show more of Him in your difficult times. But 
exactly the word of today. You cannot receive that wisdom and that revelation and that movement of the Spirit when your heart is a rock. When it's a stone, when it's dead, when there's nothing within you, you will not receive it. Then he writes James 2, chapter 2, and he says, practice truth. He's saying, listen, you need to go over into deeds. You need to realize the truth, which is the Word of God. You need to practice the truth. You need to become more active when it comes to the problems and trials. When you see it, when you face it, go through it. It is a deed. It's action. Now, today, I want to throw something your way, a third sign of spiritual maturity. You see, because those are signs of spiritual maturity. Being patient in trials, waiting on God, praying about it, not deciding by yourself and for yourself. You wait on the leading of God in every test and trial, and your whole aim should be to succeed in this, to grow in this, to honor God in this. See, the second one is to practice the truth. Like I said, that's a sign of spiritual maturity. You do not lie. You don't bend the truth. You live according to the truth, which is God's Word. And the Word teaches that the truth will set free. So spiritual maturity as a second sign is to live freely in Christ. Today, I leave the third sign by your feet. But before we get there, let's read James 3. See, James 3, I'm going to take you through it almost step by step. And I want you to make a note of certain words as we carry on. So James 3 verse 1, here we go. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect able to keep their whole body in check. You see, that first part is like, dude, just be careful what you wish for and what you desire. Because when God actually opens that door and you become the pastor and He calls you to that ministry and He uses you in the body of Christ, there's responsibility that goes hand in hand with that calling. So He warns, He says, it's good to want, but be careful what you want, because when you get it, there's responsibility in your life, which you need to fulfill. Then verse 3, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Verse 4, or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants it to go. So he's saying, listen, the calling of God, the demanding of faith and actions are also determined by certain things in your life. And then he speaks of bits and he speaks of horses and he speaks of boats and he speaks of rudders. But he goes further and he mentions one other thing. Verse 5, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. Verse 6, the tongue also is a fire, a word of evil among the parts of the body. And then the tongue does this. It corrupts the whole body. 
sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and it itself set on fire by hell. That's a hardcore scripture. That is a statement to say that your tongue is like the fire of hell. That is, it's something that you and I not often think about. Show me your tongue, come on. Let the holiness go. Huh? You've got tongues, right? So as long as you have a tongue in this place, James wrote this passage through the Spirit. He was led by God to write, guess what, about your tongue. Because you have a tongue. I know oftentimes in church we sit and the preacher preaches or the sermon is good. And then there's some conviction and we go like, don't judge me. Listen, dude, it's not the, it's not the pastor that judges you. It might actually be the Spirit of God in your heart convicting you. Don't take offense towards the person in the front when the Word of God is actually cutting away at your heart. So in this day, <coughs> if you, in this moment, feel that, just like, dude, don't make it so personal. Pastor, don't, don't make it so personal to say that I have a tongue, so this is for me. Guess what? It is for you. You see, the Word of God is each and every man. Each and every person that's got a tongue, James wrote this through the Spirit. For reason. See, he carries on. Verse 7, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless, and get this, evil, full of deadly poison. Oh, man. Here you are thinking that when you bite your tongue, the blood is just the blood. Now the Bible says it is full of evil. That is scary stuff. You and I with tongues need to take heart the scripture of James in this day. It goes on in verse 9, with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father. Oh, nothing is impossible. Yeah. Gordons. And with it we curse human beings. Oh, you stupid, silly, idiotic human being. Excuse for existence. I hope you die. Come on. It's like James knows you. He knows your deeds. He knows your words. It's, it's almost like he knows your tongue. He says that one day you praise God and the next moment you curse people. And then he says, who have been made in God's likeness. You curse those that are created by God. That's created in his image. You use your tongue to praise the God who created all people, yet you curse what he created. When you think about that, it does not even make sense. How can I praise the creator but curse his creation? So James is in your face. He's like, dude, you better watch what you say and how you use your tongue because you might be false. You might be fake and your religion might be phony. That's what he says. Now you go like, oh, it's hardcore words, Pastor Yaku. Go back to James 2, and you'll see that he actually uses the word phony. Then when you have faith with our deeds, your faith, your religion is phony. It's fake. James is in your face kind of guy. You cannot say, Lord, I love you, but you curse your family and swear at your family and break down your family and be in their faces daily and you hurt their hearts and you tear them apart with words. This is what James says. He says, then your religion is false. 
But if you truly love God, your tongue will follow. He basically says your tongue needs to follow. Your tongue needs to submit to the godliness of God. Because in it is evil, in it is poison. And if you do not control your tongue, you will go astray. You will sit and praise Him, but everything He sends your way, you will curse. Everything He sends your way and answers in prayer, you will curse. Everything He creates, you will curse, because the tongue in itself is evil. And it goes on. Verse 10, out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. James did not ask a question in this moment to the people he was speaking to. And just get this. He wrote this book not for unbelievers, but believing followers of Christ. He was speaking to the church of the day. Not those who do not know Jesus, but those who know Jesus. He's saying, you who believe, out of your mouth comes praise and cursing. And then he, he doesn't open it up for a debate. He just says, it shouldn't be like that. Claw. Finish and done with. This is it. And then he, verse 11, can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. See, James, in this part, and we'll carry on next week, uses six picture analogies. He's using pictures or metaphors, if you want, or stories to explain what the tongue is. I'm going to leave three with you in this day. You see, the first thing he mentioned was the bit. Now look at this photo. That is called a bit, B-I-T. Guess where that goes? It goes there. In the mouth of a wild horse. In the mouth of a horse which anyone wants to train. They use a bit. They insert the bit in the mouth of the horse. And then there's leather straps attached to it. And you and I know how a horse works, right? You try and get up, you fall off, and that's it. End of the story. You see, a wild horse in nature is a fearful It's a formidable, it's a powerful Mustang horse. It's an animal that can do what it wants, run where it wants, and it's filled with energy, passion, and it's got power. But you see a Mustang, a wild horse in nature is quite different from the one that does show jumping, for instance. But the one that does show jumping was a wild horse at a time wasn't always tame, wasn't always trained, and then James comes. He says, your tongue is like a wild horse. It will go wherever, it will use its power in any sense possible, and it might cause damage and hurt. You need a bit. You need a bit in your life, in the spirit, in your mouth to tame your tongue. For if you do not have a bit to tame your tongue, you will be like a wild horse that will run around and just do what it wants. And it will cause havoc. It might even cause injury or death. You see, but a wild horse is not easily tamed. 
yet it is able to tame a wild horse. See, your tongue, you use your tongue with great power without really knowing and realizing that the power you have in your tongue is life and death. You literally have the power of life and death in your tongue. Through what you say, James says, life or death will follow. Here's the thing about your tongue. It's like a boat and you're rowing in this boat. And as you speak in your life, you are heading towards a direction and an island. But what you need to realize is that very island you are rowing to, the things you said is where you will end up. And there is where you will live. For instance, I'm a nobody. If you for 20 years believe I'm a nobody, I'm unsuccessful, I promise you the fruit of your life will testify. Your friends will testify. I will not do this. I cannot do this. I will not overcome this. Oh, I'm bound by this. I'm going to die like this. Oh, my heart is so hardened. Oh, I cannot hear God. I don't care anymore. If that is you, that's the island you will live on and you will become that. So James, he writes. He writes in the spirit and he fills the book of James with wisdom and he says, tame your tongue. You see, buddy, he doesn't stop there because he realizes you and I, we're not horse people. So it doesn't really hit our hearts. He goes over and he says, but what about a rudder? Let me show you what it is. You see, at the back of the boat, they call it a rudder. Now, that's maybe a sailboat kind of design and it differs. But what it does is forces that come through the engine, through the propeller, the water that is blown, either powered by the wind or engines, goes through the rudder, and the rudder, by being moved left and right, will steer no matter the size of the boat or the yacht. So a big boat, those cruise ships, you've seen them, right? They also have rudders. And by those rudders, they can move that big ship with precision and park it, dock it by the harbor. Not because of the power of the engines, not because of the size of the boat, but the rudder, the smallest thing, determines the docking of that ship. So James says, your tongue is like that. He says that your tongue has the power of a mighty ship, a mighty boat. As the winds blow, you can just go where it wants. You are powerful in yourself, but... Be careful that you aren't just being blown by the winds of life and you are heading nowhere. He says, if you want true life, you need to tame your tongue and it should be a rudder. It should have purpose. It should have direction. See, James teaches that you cannot just say what you want to say. See, when you truly think and pray about this message and you truly study James 3, what James is saying is, listen, be careful. Because what you say will determine your life and the way you live. See, if you aren't happy in this day with your current life, maybe it's time to change the way you speak. Now, you might feel offended. Because how, how arrogant of the church and the pastors to say that I have responsibility in my life. Yes, you do. 
James is clearly teaching that the way you speak will determine your life. The way you confirm, the way you confess, the way you think and what comes out of your mouth, that will determine your life. You determine that. Yeah, maar ek het net skille kwaad geraak. No, James is saying exactly that. You need a bit and you need a rudder and it's a daily decision if you want to use it or not. Now here's the thing about a wild horse that just experienced the first time in his life a bit in his mouth. He doesn't like it. He throws his jumps. Hy doen allerhande toerkies en tricks, but he wants that out of his mouth. Here's the thing about your tongue. It wants to take control of everything. It just wants to speak and let go. Ek is maar so gebore. No. Michael and I had this conversation. Ek so gebore. Let me tell you this. Then it's time that you be reborn in Christ. Yo, maar my funny, weet Pretorius, oog, ons is kwaai. No, God says, let not be easily angered. You need to be reborn. Let it go of the surname and excuses. Take up responsibility and watch what you do and say. You need a rudder and a bit. And you can vastkop as die geest eerst begin kan wek. You will blame the church. You will blame that your Bible is too blue. You will blame everything except you. Oh man, that was good rhymes. I like that. I'm going to write songs, Carl. Just like as I damas, I would like to do it. The truth is that you and I cannot escape the truth of this message. You and I cannot evade this moment of truth. Because I tell you, there's something you've said in the last seven days that has great effect in your life and those around you. Die manier hoe jy dink, die manier hoe jy voel, en dit wat jy gesê het, het groot inpak in jou more. En ons dinge wat jy leef, there's things you are busy living and experiencing because you spoke it months and years ago already. And now you are caught up. The, the life exit your life, and you're dead and empty. I want to tell you on this day, that your tongue needs to be tamed. James, in his all his wisdom, says, be wise in this moment. Be slow to anger, so don't react. Don't just say. And when you speak, speak with wisdom. Speak with care. Speak with knowledge. Because I tell you, what you will experience in your heart and what you will say will oftentimes agree. Sometimes you get to church, and you're like, I don't want to hear anything from God. I'm so angry. Where did that start? It started in your mind and in your heart, and then you confessed it. And I tell you, it will not be long. Your life will feel dead and empty and cold because you're speaking that. Life and death is in the tongue. Maybe it's time that we stop blaming our personalities, characteristics, surnames, or even social media. Yeah, but that guy did it, so it's cool. No, maybe it's time that you go to the Word of God, and we say not just by faith, but by deeds based upon the Word. You and I aren't Mustangs to do what we want, where we want, whenever we want. We are called to be followers in Christ. 
you say, Jesus, you are my Savior, there is a responsibility that hangs in your heart. But you need to take it up. Your faith needs to be followed by deeds. What I'm saying is the moment you walk out of this church, you have responsibility over what you say. So here's a test. You and I, dude, we can so easily kick this thing over, throw a plate, break the coffee mug. We take the flowers, hit it against the fridge out of anger in the middle of a fight. Then it's easy to say things like, you as stupid as your mother. Woo! It's true. It's easy to say, yeah, well, at least I'm not as fat as you are because you're angry. Oh, you know what? At least I have a degree. You didn't even finish school. Yeah, you go there. And then half of the time, your heart knows what you're saying isn't true. Jason, what calls marks is my money. You say it to hurt. You don't believe it. But your tongue just goes like a mustang and a wild horse. And then James throws in the third thing. He says your tongue is like a fire. Your, your tongue is like a fire that starts off with a small spark. So let's take it back to your household. It's that first thing that irritates you and you just, you just live life as if you didn't see it. You don't communicate about it. You don't say anything about it. It just irritates you in your heart. That's a spark. Tomorrow, the same thing happens, and then you go like, you suck. But you didn't say anything yet. But your heart, the spark is growing to a little flame. Come on. Mm-hmm. And then that one day, it's not about the fridge anymore and the food inside wat nie die mekaar gepak is nie. Dit gaan eers meer daar oor nie. Die ou loop in by die deur en hy gaan, yes, jy like mooi. And that fire just explodes in the moment. And you get in their faces. You are such an idiot. Look at this fridge. And you just let rip. James says your tongue is like a fire. And there's things about fire which you know, need to know. It starts small with a spark. That's a spark. Be careful. That always have something back to say. And I will show you that I am better. That moment, you, that's a spark. And then it grows and it ex escalates to a new level where it becomes personal. Then it becomes a fire. But here's the thing about a fire. When you and I lose control of a fire somewhere, then suddenly we want to run and we'll do a trap and it's water and then it's like a whole new dance. <laughs> but guess what? The damage is done. Guess what? When the fire is going and the wind starts blowing, then the whole field is burning. Then it's too late. Your tongue is that spark that turns to a fire, and the fire destroys, it consumes, it takes away, it hurts, it damages, it takes life. And when you want to say sorry, or when you want to change, the whole field is burning already. Have you experienced this? Come on. You said things, walking away, you go like, oof, I shouldn't have done that. Immediately you have regret. Immediately you know I shouldn't have said this. Immediately, this is a leaker. This guy is going to tell someone. I just feel it. 
Immediately you regret it. It's like a fire. It's burning in the fields. It's too late now. You cannot heal and, and stop it. You're going to do damage control later on. That's it. But the tongue can take away. The tongue can destroy. The tongue can hurt. And what James and Paul wrote is that in the tongue you need to know is life and death. We've got a story in the family about people that had a fight and eventually like, guess what? They did have an accident against the tree. We in anger say things and we do not realize that the Word of God says that one of the greatest gifts as a spiritual mature Christian is the power of what you say. And it swings both ways. When you feel sick, you can either say, oh, I think I'm going to die. It's going to get worse. I will never get out of this bed. Oh, I was there this week. But it takes a lot to take that bit in your mouth. It takes a lot to take the rudder and steer the moment correctly in wisdom and faith. You say, oh, I feel, no, I feel crap. But tomorrow is going to be better. Oh, I will be healed. Oh, it's going to be better in a week's time. This too shall pass. God says, I've got things to do. He will not leave me. Oh, so I will get out of this bed. It takes a lot to change your mind. It takes a lot to have that self-control in the spirit and watch what you say. You go through the motions, but you do not go around your trial. You go through it. It's true. Oh, I believe the spirit is speaking into hearts. Maybe it's time that when someone says, how's it going? You do not go, oh, terrible. Maybe it's time that you put that bit in your mouth and you say, you know what? I'm on the path of greatness. I've turned my life around. Today I decide I will prosper in tomorrow. Today I will take the promised land already pro uh, promised by God. Today I stand upon the promises of the Word of God because it's alive and active. Maybe it's time that you change you. Not the spirit. God is not a puppeteer. You've got to get this. He's not iemand wat jou genipnotiseer nie. God gives you the choice and then he says you've got responsibility. What do you want? Maybe it's time that you change. Yeah, but you know what? I think church once a month, that's good enough for me. Oh, I watch a show on YouTube for 20 minutes a week. So me and God, we like tight. No, because if you truly know God and His Word, you will know that He's all about meats like these. That will be your first priority. The rest is add on. Why? Because the church of Acts was spoken, blessing by God Himself. And He said, do this in remembrance. Do this in my calling. Do this in the Great Commission. Maybe it's time that you should change. Change your mind. Change your heart. Change the way you speak then. Change what you say. Change in how you react in the words that flow from your mouth. Change it. Proverbs 26 verse 20. Without wood, a fire goes out. There it is. Without negativity, certain things die. That's what it says. 
See, you need to change certain things. Don't put wood on certain things and moments. Without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. Don't go make it worse. Don't go spread it. Don't be a tongue that is like fire. And then it says, fire goes out without wood, and quarrels disappear when gossip stops. It's in your mouth. The end result is in your mouth. Either you will make it or you will die. Either you will live closer to Christ and you will be stretched and grown by Him or not. It's in your hands. Today I want to leave with you these three things. James says one, and, and James says in 1 verse 26, If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. He's saying that the fruit of your life will testify of what's in your tongue. Maybe it's time to change. Maybe it's time to challenge your own mindset, your own words, and your own ways. Let's close our eyes. Father God, I pray over every heart, every individual, every tongue in this place. Holy Spirit, I pray that your wisdom will fall into our lives, that you will help us in, in self-control, Lord, to speak the things of life. Father, I pray that you will challenge us and help us to change and shift and mold, Father, in your perfect will. I pray that your word will be alive and active in this day. I pray that we will change, Father, in humility that we will sit by your feet, that we will study your ways and your word. I pray that James will be a book which guides like a rudder. And Lord, through your holiness, through your grace and your love, I pray that you will put out the fires in the spirit which we might have started. Lord, help us where we cannot, for when we are weak, you are strong. Lord, I pray that you will guide, that you will speak, and that you will be God. Just in this moment, sit and listen to these words as we're going to end the service right now. Am I more than just the sum of every high and every low? Remind me once again just who I am because I need to know.
God, we pray in this day that everything you say about us will be true of our lives, will be the fruit of our labor. Father, will be the words that flow from our tongue. Let it be life and life in you, God. I pray greatness and blessing over each and every heart, individual, household, and business, Father. Let James be our foundation in and through you, Father. The promised land is ours. Life is ours, for we are loved. And your grace covers each and every one. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray it. Amen and amen.